This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kalb, wealth management advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983, on Spring Street in Nevada City. RickKalb.com. Well, it's time for KVMR's financial update with Gary Zimmerman. Um, Gary, what news do you have to tell us about the economy today? Hi, Paul. Um, yes, it does continue to be economic news with um, you know, <laughs> some new or updated data being released or published weekly, daily, <laughs> monthly, quarterly. Um, so that's one reason why the Federal Reserve and the Fed Chair Jay Powell continue to talk about their decisions being data dependent because they want to include the, the most recent data in their analysis for the economy and financial system. Uh, and that means that they're carefully analyzing new data on the real economy, um, looking at income, consumer and business uh, conditions, imports and exports, as, as well as, you know, the government sector, what it's doing, spending. Um, and they're also obviously analyzing the overall price level or inflation rate, looking at both consumer prices, um, the CPI or personal consumption expenditure index um, based prices, that's the PCE, and then producer prices. Um, and they're, they're looking at those for, you know, combination of all prices as well as um, core prices. Those are price level, overall price level. It excludes the volatile um, food and energy prices um, and using the core number gives you generally a little bit more stable inflation measure over time. It doesn't wiggle around as much. Um, you know, in addition, they're looking at things like the leading economic indicators. These are data series that tend to lead the ups and downs in the overall economy. These would be things like data for new orders for consumer and business goods, consumer expectations, stock prices, um, the yield curve. And this is one index that has been signaling a recession for quite some time now. Um, and, you know, they're also looking at other indicators that move with the overall output or GDP of the economy, like employment, industrial output, household income. And those actually have been holding up better than the leading economic indicators that have been weak uh, recently, or actually for quite some time now. These new data are also included in updated versions of various models of the economy to get new or updated forecasts that include those most recent economic developments to improve their accuracy. Uh, Gary, uh, it was just two weeks ago that you suggested we should be waiting for the July labor market data for more clues about the strength of the economy and conditions in the labor market. What do you have on that? Okay, the in July, the um, payroll jobs number and the unemployment number, at least from my perspective, continued to be pretty robust, even though the number of new jobs created in both June and July has now fallen below 200,000 jobs a month. Gary, what about the smaller increase in total payroll jobs in July 2023? Do you think that is a sign of slowing in the job market or not? Oh, good question, Paul. First, uh, 180,000, 187,000 new jobs in July well is well below the average number of new jobs that was added over the past year, 187,000 new jobs is still a strong number, meaning it's about what you and I would expect to see when the economy is expanding at a fairly rapid pace. So I think we should you know, all understand that if the U.S., the overall 
U.S. labor market was in a recession now, um, it wouldn't be adding nearly 200,000 jobs a month. In a recession, the overall economy would be losing 50 to 200,000 jobs a month. So, you know, the labor market is clearly saying, you know, it's remaining fairly strong and showing no signs of being in a recession. How important or significant is a change from, say, 3.6% to 3.5% for the unemployment rate? Oh, Paul, that's a technical question. Uh, let me think for a second about how to answer that. I guess I would say that statistically there is enough movement in the unemployment rate on a on a month-to-month basis that essentially there's probably little or no statistically significant difference between uh, with a change between 3.5%. Six and 3.5 percent for the unemployment rate. I think what's important here, though, is that overall both 3.5 and 3.6 are very low unemployment rates. And, you know, after all, the 3.5 percent unemployment rate in July is you know tied for the lowest unemployment rate in the past 50 years. Um, and so, you know, 3.5 percent is all as as is 3.6 percent is well below many estimates of full employment for the overall U.S. economy. So, um, you know, overall the labor market looks good, and you know, both payroll jobs and the unemployment rate are you know telling the same story of a tight labor market and a robust labor market is an important um, signal of a strong economy. Gary, once again, do we have any new inflation numbers, and what are they suggesting? for the trends in inflation. Yes, Paul, we do have some recent uh, inflation measures for the consumer price price index or CPI and the personal consumption expenditure price index or PCE. You know, these are two of the most frequently used inflation measures I've mentioned in the past. The the recent CPI numbers on a year-over-year basis as well as the PCE index are showing a general downward trend in inflation. But, you know, they're still at an inflation rate for the total CPI and PCE price indexes that remain noticeably above the Fed's 2% um, PCE inflation goal. Um, You know, the CPI on a year-over-year basis in July was up 3.2% for for all items, total inflation. The core inflation number was actually quite a bit higher at 4.7%. Food was at you know a little higher yet at 4.9 percent, and the downward movement was in large part driven by falling energy prices. Over the past year, they were down 12.5 percent, and for the personal consumption expenditure year-over-year figure, and this was for June, um, there'll be a new figure out later this month. Um, the total was three percent. Um, inflation and the core inflation was you know remained a little higher 4.1 percent so you were clearly much better than we were a year ago when we saw inflation by some of these measures you know peak at nine percent but we're still noticeably above that two percent federal reserve inflation goal Uh, one more question uh, gary what happened to the recession that so many economists and so many forecasts were projecting for this year, 2023, can the Fed actually engineer a soft landing for the economy so that monetary policy and higher interest rates since March 22 do not result in a recession for this year, 2023? Well, Paul, looking at the recent data, and again, remember the Fed is making policy dependent on what that you know new data are telling us, um, you know, first, 
because of the continued, you know, slightly above average output or inflation adjusted GDP growth rates, you know, that, that, you know, suggests there's not likely to be an inflation, excuse me, a recession in 2023. Um, you know, 24, 24 is another question, perhaps. Uh, second, the, uh, you know, the continued tight labor markets, you know, that's an indication that the economy is still growing uh, <laughs> robustly um, with inflation falling, uh, but not yet down to that, you know, 2% the Fed would like, would like to see it uh, reach in maybe another year or two. Um, but, you know, fortunately, we see, you know, relatively well anchored long term inflation expectations. Um, you know, overall, I think the outlook for the overall economy is, is getting more favorable. There are fewer <laughs> forecasts, you know, projecting a, a, a recession in 2023 or 2024. Um, I think there's a growing sense that the Fed may have, you know, even though the Fed may have raised interest rates over the past year and a half to slow the economy and lower inflation, um, they it looks like they may actually be able to do so without causing a recession. So, you know, and that's the soft landing that many economists and economic models are, are now forecasting. And it, you know, it seems, you know, given given how well the overall economy has held up, that that's, you know, possible. And that would be, you know, that is very good news. Well, Gary, that's a, a pretty positive report today. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome, Paul. <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk with you in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco and is currently a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria. He teaches courses in economics and finance.